I'm so eager for you to hear this conversation with Aaron Todd today. A couple of months ago, I realized that I was on a, a new journey when it comes to body image, weight loss, health, and I haven't even told very many of my friends about it because I'm still exploring what it is. So in this episode, I'm going to explain how I discovered the concept of intuitive eating. Well, I didn't discover it as an invented. I discovered all the materials that are out there about it. I also have been processing through what this means as far as diet culture and body image. And really, this is a life repurposed for me in realizing that I've spent a lot of years of my life thinking about body and about size. And I want something new. So today I have a brand new friend, Erin Todd, who's going to talk about how God started her on that journey and how she's now helping others. I hope you enjoy this conversation. You're listening to Life Repurposed, where you'll find practical biblical wisdom for everyday living, creative inspiration, and helpful resources. Grow your faith, improve your relationships, discover your purpose, and reach your goals with topics to encourage you to find hope amid the trashy stuff of life. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Erin L. Todd is a wife, dog mom, attorney by day, and writer by night, living in St. Petersburg, Florida. As a redhead who battled insecurity and body image issues for over 30 years, she now claims the concept of being both a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously. Her blog, Ginger in Progress, was born from a spiritual awakening where Jesus set her free from diet prison. Now she is on a mission to empower and equip women to heal their relationships with food and body so they can find freedom, purpose, and health too. Let's jump into my conversation with Erin. Erin, welcome to the podcast. And I want to ask you a little bit of a fun question as we get rolling here. I found out from your website that you're a fan of cheese and I'm a Wisconsin girl. So this is like a, yeah, why not ask about cheese moment? So what is your favorite cheese? Ah. <laughs> Hi, Michelle. I love that question. Um, uh, so I'm bad at picking favorites, but the cheese that just like made me immediately go, all right, I want to eat that right now is brie. Oh my goodness. I have one in my refrigerator right now and I've been waiting for the right moment to bake it and have it with crackers. <laughs> yes. Cheese and crackers has been like my favorite snack in the last year. Oh, so, yes. so um, I'm loving That's... that. I like a pimento cheese too. That'd be a close mm. second, but we could talk I know about we could. Let's just do day. a cheese podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So being from Wisconsin, that's just something that I could talk about cheese all day long. Grew up on a dairy farm, so <laughs> gotta talk about cheese. Well, we are gonna be talking about food in some way today. So that kind of leads into how I found Aaron. So, listener, I want you to know why I'm introducing you to Aaron Todd today. I started a couple months ago, decided that I wasn't sure that another diet was the right thing for me because I've been on a zillion of them in 40 years. And I thought, I need to get this psychology piece down, the psychology of food. So I joined a well-known program that's supposed to focus on the psychology of food, found out within 24 hours that it was just a diet where there were red light, green light, yellow light foods that made me think this is good and bad foods. 
And so I started searching for something else and found a book on intuitive eating, which long story short, led me to Erin's podcast, where she puts the pieces together between being a Christian woman and intuitive eating. So Erin, I'd like to start out talking today about your journey with food and how did you end up becoming an expert on intuitive eating? Oh, yes. Okay. So this is a God story uh, and it's got ups and downs and weaves in it. But basically um, in my last phase of dieting, so where where you are probably right now, Michelle, I was really, um, really disordered, probably had an eating disorder um, at that time, certainly disordered eating itself. And I was health coaching online and making other people follow me in my crazy and eat the things I was eating. And I'd run my body into the ground doing that. I was having all kinds of health problems, hormonally, gut stuff, just like a really bad time of it because I wasn't eating enough food and I was overworking myself and never resting and um, honestly was just beating myself up constantly for every little thing I did. So it was just a very negative um, punishing place to live, mind, body, and soul. And um, it led me to do my last diet, which I didn't know was my last diet at the time. Uh, it was like a doctor ordered um, or a supervised, I should say, cleanse to kind of address some of my issues that were physical issues that I needed some healing on. And in the middle of doing that, I really felt the Lord tell me that this was the last mm-hmm. diet I was going to ever do. And I had been just crying out to him for months about like, what is this? What's going on with me? Can like, I've kept trying to fix myself. And I also got the message that I am the cure. Mm. So I'm in the middle of this doctor diet, not really knowing what's going on, getting some pretty good, interesting tidbits from the Lord in my quiet time. And, um, I just was, I felt that something was coming. And so at the end of that cleanse, I, had this aha moment, literally an encounter with the Lord, I the spiritual awakening, whatever you want to call it, like massive, mm-hmm. massive turning point in my life. And the Lord showed me that dieting and the way I had been living was idolatry. Mm-hmm. I was worshiping thinness and weight loss and body size and obsessing over mm-hmm. myself. And he told me to lay it down. And so I was like, all right, that was the last diet <laughs> I'm ever going to do because I cannot proceed with dieting um, with me being who I am because I can't mm-hmm. do it in a healthy way. Um, I'm not totally convinced that there is a healthy way <laughs> in the intuitive eating stuff, but I had a massive epiphany um, with that, epiphany, as my friend Trudy <laughs> says. And it just, I just said, yes, Lord, I lay it down. Mm. I don't know how I was able to do that in that moment. Massive grace received in that and the ability to say, yes, I will surrender this. Mm. And like, let's do it your way, Lord. Like, let's let's find another way forward. (laughs) I will do whatever you say. I did not want to um, stay in that pain and bondage. And I didn't know what the next phase was going to be exactly. But in all of that, you know, self-diagnosing learning I was doing leading up to the doctor cleanse, I had stumbled into intuitive eating. And so I knew what to do. I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to diet. Well, this is this handy non-diet thing you told me about a couple months ago, Lord. Like, all right, let's try this out. And I basically just started walking it out, all self, um, 
you know, self-taught walking it with the Lord in the word every day with it. And I just couldn't help but notice how much intersection Mm -hmm. and overlap and all of the, just all of the facets of the body that are just some, just God made God breathed. Like, I'm like, Oh, this is like starting to click for me. And, um, as I continue to explore that and walk that out, I just kept experiencing it. He took me farther on the journey. I'm still walking <laughs> it out right now. I mean, there's no, there's no arrival. There's no, that's why the the expert term is like, Ooh, I don't know. I've definitely been doing it for a couple of years, but, um, I think, what I learned in all of that is that I am the expert of at least my own Mm -hmm. body, maybe not of a a subject as big and powerful as how we care for ourselves, but I have learned how to do it in my life for my body with the Lord leading it. So this is so upside down. I've been in so, I've been in so many groups at church where, you know, there's so many versions of Christian weight loss groups where I'm taught that, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so there's like this shaming that if I'm not on the diet, that I'm not living my life for Jesus in some way, because I'm not following what he would want for my body. So how is intuitive eating different from a diet? Because I know some listeners probably don't, they may be thinking intuitive sounds new agey. Maybe you're going to be starting to talk about the universe instead of God. And so the the red (laughs) flags go up, but that's not what it is. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So full disclosure there, intuitive eating is not faith-based inherently. It's written by two women dietitian. It is a book about our relationship with food and it's not written for Christians or by Christians. It's just, you can't help but notice how they have tapped into God's design of the body and hunger and fullness and just their version of intuition. Um, I think as Christians, we can read as our body signals mm-hmm. and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Yeah. And we're being led by God's design for our body, how he made us to live and interact with food and move and care for ourselves. And then, of course, the superpower of the intuition is um, the Holy yeah. Spirit and, and listening to that and being tuned into that for guidance, which Honestly, I didn't really know how to do that as a Christian. And this is the area of my life where I finally got to figure out what spirit led anything was. (laughs) So um, that was pretty amazing. But intuitive eating is not a diet because there's no rules about food. There's no single way of doing things where things are good and bad. Mm -hmm. Um, It's basically the opposite of that. We're kind of rejecting all concepts of dieting from what you would know from Mm -hmm. culture. And the thing that's really challenging for people um, is that intuitive eating really asks you to set aside goals about weight loss. Because if you're focusing on something external, like weight, you're really not able to tune into the internal Mm -hmm. cues. Um, And the weight just distracts people. So it's like if you can't set down the goal and walk away from weight as an issue for you for a little bit, you won't be able to tune back in and, and get connected with your body and listen to the Holy Spirit or your body signals and practice the principles of intuitive eating in your relationship with food because it's a total distraction. It totally derails us. And I think the weight part of it is what has really clouded um, and muddied the waters in the Christian um, diet space because we've equated in our culture that we live in, I, I always call this diet mm-hmm. culture, um, a, a new term I'm trying out 
it's a little bit stronger, but it's true. It's culture of death Mm. because we're glorifying a body size. We are worshiping and chasing after a body size. I mean, it's, it's setting everybody up for the same idolatry Mm -hmm. issue I have. And I recognize that not everybody will have an idol. Some people can do it in a way where their heart um, isn't completely just enraptured with culture's version of beauty and health, but the culture wants to pull you into that. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to fall into that. And so um, letting weight be our marker of health is wrong (laughs) (laughs) in the kingdom of God and in um, the intuitive eating realm. So I think that's probably the biggest difference. We're going to look to um, how we feel and what we're able to do in our bodies Mm -hmm. versus what the scale says. And we're just going to let that go as a marker of health and start looking at other facets of health because health is so much bigger than a number on the scale that does not tell you if you're healthy or not. And a lot of times um, it's, it sends you down the wrong track and actually makes you less healthy Mm -hmm. because you're chasing something. And then you get off on a tangent (laughs) like I did for like 20 years (laughs) and actually make your health worse. (laughs) So, so I'm not sure if that answered your question, Michelle, but non-diet, weight-neutral approach yes. to food. So that's what's That's good. Right. Thank you. And I think um, for me, I'm just identifying that idolatry piece of it and looking at, you know, how many times did I plan for the next meal and or plan for the next cheat day because Saturday was going to be the day. And then, you know, it, uh, the Intuitive Eating book talks about this where you consume all the goodies on the Saturday or Sunday because, you know, on Monday you're starting over again and I would actually end up eating more than I, than my body wanted on all of that because I was thinking ahead to the day I was going to have to restrict it again. And so this intuitive approach takes that piece out. And I think any listener that has been on a diet and done everything on the food plan and then gone to weigh in and find out the scale went up will relate to how the scale can play games with our minds when we step on it. Because now there's this, I did it right or I did it wrong kind of a measurement. So for those of us who are starting an intuitive eating, we're, we're not stepping on the scale anymore. And was that easy or hard for you to do to not weigh yourself anymore? Um, I think, I think it was easy for me, but I have a personality type where if I'm jumping in on something, (laughs) I'm going all in. So the like do everything 100% different than you have been was kind of, um, I don't know, I dieted that Mm -hmm. way previously, I would jump all in on okay, I'm doing this 100% new plan. (laughs) I just have a brain for that I can go um, make big transitions like that. And so it was just something I stopped doing. I was doing it every day. And I'm like, Nope, this is out of bounds. Mm -hmm. And I want to say, um, you know, my heart was in the right place with that. But in the beginning, it really wasn't. I was terrified to not be tracking that and to know what was going on. Because just knowing that information made me falsely think I had some kind of control over it. Of course, I didn't. But I thought I did. (laughs) And just knowing the information made me feel um, just, I guess, a little bit safer, because I knew what was going on and knew enough from being a self-taught like diet expert in my own life to be like, okay, I know what I can do about this. So even if it wasn't something that was good or my perception of good, I was like, okay, well now I'll just do this to fix it. So, um, in that constant perfectionist fixing, controlling kind of mode that I feel like a lot of dieters, um, who are in the restricting space, um, 
that that's probably something that somebody can identify with right yeah. now. And so intuitive eating um, really challenged me on my thinking on that and made me surrender all of that. And I mean, it's a spiritual issue to surrender mm. something. So I, I honestly don't know how people do this without the Lord. I mean, I don't know how you could be not a believer and be doing intuitive eating well, because where's your identity coming from? If you were a dieter, it was in your body. And like, this is just such an opportunity and invitation to put your identity back Mm -hmm. in Christ where it should have been, but we all drift Mm -hmm. away and that's fine. But it really, that was the anchor that made it, I think made the going all in a viable option for me because without that, I would have just been adrift completely. This episode is brought to you by the book and Bible study called The Repurposed and Upcycled Life When God Turns Trash to Treasure. Are there experiences you'd rather toss in the dumpster? Discover the repurposed and upcycled life. This Christian living and humor book and accompanying Bible study will help you see how some of your greatest disappointments, mistakes, and hurts can be beautiful treasures from God. Move forward with new purpose even in the midst of the trashy stuff of life. The workbook includes small group discussion, Bible study, doodles to color, and optional at-home applications each week. This is a study for busy women with easy prep for leaders and very little homework for participants. This simple format is welcome for busy women who are looking for deeper relationships with one another without the burden of extra homework. You'll find more about the best-selling book, The Repurposed and Upcycled Life, When God Turns Trash to Treasure, at michellerayburn.com. You have built some community of people who support one another. So uh, you have the support of the Holy Spirit, but you need people too. So we'll talk about that when we get to resources, because I do want you to talk about your community. I think for me starting out, I do have kind of that fear and I'm still trying to label my emotions because a lot of times I would just eat through my emotions. So I don't even know sometimes what I'm experiencing, but I do have this fear of what if I go all in here and what's going to happen if I gain weight. And so, yes, you're right on target with where I'm at. (laughs) Uh, What has surprised you about your journey into this anti-diet world? I think the, um, the biggest surprise for me was recognizing that I was a little idle machine because as soon as I laid down the diet one and the body one and started getting some freedom there and moving forward in life and feeling the Lord lead me to start sharing about this, blogging and podcasting, guess what became the new idol? Blogging <laughs> and podcasting. <laughs> so it was like I went from a pant size idol to like, a platform size mm. idol, pretty similar. Um, and so I had to basically go through the whole process again um, a few years later into the eating, uh, intuitive eating journey. So that was a surprise, but not really. Like when I think about it, it's like, of course I did that. <laughs> I've done that with my writing, so I, I can did. totally relate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We- we do look for something and, and food for my entire life has been the thing. So when you take that away, I mean, that's how my, my family showed love through food and we celebrated through food and all of those yeah. things. So if you 
take away that emotional connection and you start looking at the relationships and all that. Yeah, you feel I feel really raw as I'm starting this part of the journey. Yeah. Well, the emotional component um, of food, I think, is part of the gift of it and part of like how we're meant to have a relationship with food and with other people. And it's like this beautiful fellowship gift thing that is like one of our pleasures we get on this earth. And I think dieting really cuts you off from mm-hmm. that. I think you can't go too far in the other direction. That's your only pleasure. Right. Um, and that's, you know, that's a different kind of idol, but it's meant to be a gift and it's meant to be enjoyed and it's meant to point us to the Lord. So like just enjoying food again and having that simple pleasure and another thing to be really grateful for in life, I think has, um, has been humbling Mm -hmm. and beautiful and unexpected. I think about like, um, the things that I've heard in diet culture over the years, food is fuel. Now it's true that food is fuel, but that was used in a context of eat this thing that tastes horrible because it's just fuel to try to disconnect the emotions. So something you've talked about in your podcast that resonated with me is how you drink your coffee. So I was like, you know, I have to put this artificial sweetener in there and I can't have the cream. I have to do skim. And so I didn't enjoy my Starbucks light lattes very much, (laughs) but I have found like this happy medium where I can enjoy the iced mocha and not feel guilty about having it. And I enjoy the taste of it so I can have a smaller one even and enjoy it more than I would a large horrible tasting fat-free sugar-free one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's such a beautiful illustration of it. Yeah. There is a place and I wouldn't have believed you if you had told me this while I was still dieting, but like there's a place where you can really enjoy the food, how it tastes, the experience of eating it, how it feels and how it makes you feel later in terms of physically Mm -hmm. and emotionally. Like that's possible. Yeah. Diet culture does not tell you that it's the food is fuel message and the don't trust your body and don't enjoy anything. And it's just, it's all baloney. (laughs) (laughs) And I found like, I recently had a birthday and in the past I would have enjoyed lots of cake on the birthday, knowing the next day I was going to be quote good again. And this time my mom sent the leftover cake home with me and each day I enjoyed some of the cake And I spread out the experience instead of stuffing myself on that one day. So it was like a whole new thing for me to enjoy the cake. Yes. So that's the principle of, um, you know, making peace with food. Mm -hmm. Cake is not good or Mm -hmm. bad. You're not good or bad for eating it. And when you have unconditional permission to eat foods, which you do because they're all Mm -hmm. neutral, morally neutral, then there's no pressure to right. cram it all in on one day or on another day or restrict it. Because if you can really have it anytime mm-hmm. you want, then you are free to listen to your body and listen to the Holy Spirit about when to eat that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had the same amount of cake. I just ate it over four days instead of all in one sitting. <laughs> and probably enjoyed it and how I it felt did. and everything so much. But yes. Oh, I that. did. Yes. Another yeah. great illustration of that. Yeah. I love that. You're, you're, you're doing it already. <laughs> there. It. Yeah. So I've experienced a lot of self-shaming in the past because there are so many things I'm a 
I'm kind of a type A. I'm a goal setter as far as like, I, I'm an achiever, I guess. Not so much a goal setter, but I like to achieve things. So I will set out to do something and achieve it. And weight loss was the one thing that every single time I set out, the weight would come back on. And I would tell myself then that you succeed at everything, but you fail at being thin. So what would you say to the listener right now who's here at the table with us and self-shaming? What what do you say to that person? I would say to her that the whole idea that 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 success is going to make you happy is also a lie. Mm, Yeah. Because I was the type A achiever and I could do it. And it still didn't satisfy. Mm -hmm. I would get there and it would be, you know, a fleeting moment of, yay, I did it. And then it would be, okay, well, what am I doing next month? I have to go to the next level. It's this finish line that keeps moving. It's not ever able to satisfy you because it's not, it's not meant to, Mm -hmm. we're not meant to be satisfied Mm -hmm. that way. And so just that was part of my, you know, crying out to the Lord phase. It's like, whoa, I got it. I don't understand why. Why are all my dreams not coming true right now? <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's it's just a it's a trap. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do it and feel like a failure if you can't get it, or you'll do it and you'll get it and you still won't be happy. Like it's just the biggest waste of time. Mm-hmm. It is such a false promise and it's a false gospel. I mean, that's what I've been calling it lately. It's mm-hmm. the false gospel of weight loss. When you hit this weight, then you will be happy, then you will matter, then you, your life will be better. And it's like, that is just not true. Hmm. That's not scientific. That's not biblical. Like, it's not true. So that was, I had to learn, I kind of had to learn that one the hard way. hundred percent had to learn that the hard way. Hmm. I wouldn't have believed that. I'm like, no, no, no. Trust me. Once I get this next weight, then. Yeah. <laughs> it so... took some, it took some shaking up and some, um, you know, months of distance to be able to reflect back on that and be like, actually, that never satisfied. Like, I can look back on my life now and really recognize that. And so um, not everybody's ready to hear that. And, and I understand that. But in case it saves one person from falling into that, even one more cycle, because it's a cycle of you lose and then you gain typically more than you lost. And then you're mm-hmm. stuck in the cycle, like one more cycle, diet cycle, like if you can skip out on the next one you will have done your body a huge favor it's actually very bad for your health to stay in that cycle mental health physical health everything they, they're they're starting to really have the science now to um to show um that the weight cycling specifically for um your heart health is very bad because it's mm. stretching out your arteries and i i don't speak into the science very well but there's um, there's some good research out there um, available through the intuitive eating um, book and those kinds of books that really show how hard that is on your body. Not to mention, you know, your mindset and the rest of your life that's passing you by while all those cycles are going through. And of course, your spirit and your spiritual health is massively in trouble if it's an idol. Yeah. And I think maybe when I, when I was younger, I didn't realize I didn't, you know, I just thought I was doing the thing I was supposed to do. And now that I'm 53, I can look back and say, oh, I've wasted so much of my life on this. But I think about like before I had kids, when I got to this goal weight, the smallest I'd ever been as an adult. And I thought that, you know, I I thought I was really happy. And then I started to notice my hair was falling out. My skin was a mess. It was so dry and it was so hard to stay at that weight 
that when I got pregnant, I just was like, okay, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat for the baby. I'm not going to worry about starving myself anymore. But I remember the people in my life who don't know any better. You know, we say to somebody, you look good. And I've rebelled against that term. In fact, I wrote about it in my first book. And it's, you know, I did it in a funny way, but it's not funny that when someone loses weight, we say you look good. But when somebody gains weight, we don't to their face say you look bad. But that's what's implied when we have that mindset. So, you know, I remember my mother-in-law, a photo that she had of me. I was in the newspaper for the diet center I was at. and It was a before and after photo. And she had it on her fridge for a long time. Like I had regained all the weight and then some. And I remember walking by that newspaper clipping. And I, that I just I still, you know, 30 years later, remember what that what it did and still does to my spirit. Michelle, mm, I'm so sorry. Mm. Uh, that is so I know how hard that is. And it's so. Um, worth pointing out here too. It's like, you never know who is struggling with this. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't know who is in the disordered eating or eating disorder Mm -hmm. space with it too. So it's like, it's never okay. Like we just need to stop as a culture commenting on bodies and weight. Like, can we find a new way to pay someone a compliment and give a kind word that doesn't have to do with their body size or how they look physically? It's very hard. I still accidentally let compliments slip out, but they're dangerous <laughs> and we need to stop it. Christian women, we need to do better. We need to find something else to talk about. That's hard because I it mean, is. I still, I maybe I love someone's blouse, but you know, it, it's like, uh, yeah, that is, that's a good challenge. Thank you for that, Erin, because that's going to help me moving forward. And I do want to give the disclaimer that people like my mother-in-law didn't, they didn't, know better like oh, it wasn't no. they're not intentionally shaming people they just are caught in the diet culture themselves so absolutely yeah. yeah that's and that's I mean just the way we can have compassion on them and and extend forgiveness where necessary it's like well I was also doing that so <laughs> yes me too yeah, I, I, like, I know they meant well because <laughs> yeah. I meant well when I was doing it and we just we yeah. just have to um recognize that everybody's just doing the best they can and nobody's really out to get anybody and we just got to love on each other and it's hard it is hard yeah before we talk about your resources I just would like to hear if you've had any specific objections about intuitive eating that people have brought up to you um I would say probably the number one objection and where people get stuck um is what I mentioned before the weight issue it's like but what if I gain weight and like just letting that stop them from even trying. And it's so, there's no easy answer to that either, but that's definitely like the weight issue is the number one thing Mm. that um, I found the thing that helps most people and what helped me with it was like, you've really got to wrestle that idea down to the ground with the Lord and just do the heart work of what does weight mean to me? What do I think this means about who I am? Um, And then you have to, after you do the hard work, then you have to go do a little like learning and figure out some of the weight science um, myths you've been taught in diet yeah. culture. And it's like, well, actually, that's not how the body works. So like, <laughs> let's just understand what's going on um, in our bodies and how we react to food and just like get a better scientific understanding of what's going on. You have to start with the, you know, the faith foundation of mm-hmm. where's my identity, untangling your weight and your identity. And then moving forward with like learning the science um, to be able to then come to a place where you can go, okay, 
I'm going to make a decision. Can I, or can I not set weight aside for now and do this? Mm. And that's a choice that's for everybody to make. Everyone's on their own journey with it. Um, and I will say that it's a choice that you have to make every day. It is a daily surrender. It does not get easier. (laughs) Uh, Well, it gets a little bit easier with time. I noticed I would have fewer incidents of having to go through the whole, let me wrestle this to the ground again thing. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. out here living in a culture that body shames and glorifies some sizes and not others and certain ways of eating and not others. And we have to live in that while doing this um, different thing that, is countercultural, not dieting is countercultural, but so is being a Christian. Yeah, that's true. So I would recommend for the reader that they pick up the intuitive eating book and I'll link to that in the show notes because that, like you said, is written by two dietitians and there's a lot of science in there. But then beyond that, we need a next step because we need more than the science. So Erin, you have a lot of resources and I want to point our listeners toward those. So the first one is your podcast, Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. I will link to that in the show notes, but you also have some freebies and course and membership. So tell us a little bit about those. So the way we wanted people to listen to the podcast was to go in order from the beginning because we set up season one to be kind of like your companion guide for tying in at every step faith. Like, where does my faith fit into principle one and principle two? Because there's 10 principles of intuitive eating. So we were really basically doing an online course in the first season of the podcast. So we wanted people to start there and listen, listen again, take notes. If you um, are a workbook kind of hands-on person, we created a podcast workbook that's designed to be um, kind of a printable resource that you work through the content with. And that's, that's probably the, um, the easiest online course. <laughs> it's only seven dollars. Um, if you're treating season one like the of the podcast like an online course, that's what we wanted people to do because there's a lot to dig into and it's a lot of information and it can definitely get into the overwhelmed territory. Which is why the other thing we try and get people to do is to come into our Facebook community for podcast listeners because you will see as soon as you get in there that there are hundreds of women who have the exact same questions, who are struggling with the same things, who are bumping into the same little obstacles. And um, it's just really helpful to have kind of a safe space on the internet (laughs) because there's not a lot of them anymore. Um, But this is one where we, you know, we don't allow diet talk. I moderate personally the content. So some stuff that's accidentally diety is not getting through. Um, Just because I found that a lot of women in there are like I was in the beginning where you you're in the disordered eating space and hearing certain things can be very triggering and mm-hmm. very damaging. So we're trying our best to make it a safe, safe place for people to come and just kind of process all of this and um, dig into the body of Christ with it, because like we need each other for doing this and um, doing it alone is not going to work. Let me just tell you that right now. <laughs> so come find other people to do it with. That would be, the top two things. Um, We've also got lots of online courses and stuff that are available on the podcast website, intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com. But start start in the community and in season one. That's great. I've been listening to some current episodes. So now I'm going to go back and do season one because like I said, I'm really at the beginning of this journey. And there is an intuitive eating workbook that I got that's available, but it's, it's, I opened it and I got 
I didn't get very far. It's a little overwhelming, like you said. So I think I need to go back and do your course first because that will help me process in bite-sized pieces. Yeah, yeah. The workbook is from the original authors and it's very in-depth. That was kind of mm-hmm. their tool that if you were like if you were working one-on-one with um, a dietitian or a coach or something, they would probably be having you go through the workbook. It's it's homeworky. Yes. Yes. So I love that you, that's so smart that you put together the workbook and I did see that on the podcast website page. So for listeners, I will link to that in the show notes, but could you also repeat the website again for the listeners? Yeah, sure. It's intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com. Okay. So we'll find that there. So as we wrap up today, Erin, is there anything we haven't covered that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Um, I would like to invite everybody to prayerfully kind of bring that question about weight to their quiet time and sit with that with the Lord for a while and just ask, like, ask for him to reveal anything in your heart that maybe you're not aware of. Mm. Just, just ask for some help and some guidance there and to sit and make sure you really have your heart in the right place for help because it's very easy to let it be in that worldly place where it's really about status and approval and being quote right. And we just, we just have to constantly um, heart check ourselves uh, with our goals, whatever they are. And um, I just, I think the power of doing this with God from the beginning of the journey um, is going to pay dividends later. (laughs) And I just, uh, yeah, like it's, this has taught me that the constant prayer of like praying without ceasing and relying on God for everything, like it's, this is how it looks. Like I didn't have a reference point for that in my life and I wasn't doing that in my life. And this forced me to, because I needed to. And I think it's just such a door into a deeper faith when we are just surrendering <laughs> constant daily decisions about food and body uh, to him and walking it out together. It's, you can't help grow in faith from doing that. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Erin. Thanks, Michelle. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com to get the show notes for this episode. Each week, I share links to everything mentioned in the episode, graphics you can share, and guest quotes. I also invite you to join the Life Repurposed Facebook community for weekly conversation with others on the journey of discovering the repurposed life. Before you go, which friend needs to hear this episode? Share a link with a note to invite them to listen.